Kelly, are you guys here this morning? <laughs> I don't hear nothing. God is good. I know we're excited to have the kids up here today. I know some of you are here for that. Um, and hey, they're going and telling it too, so we have to do our part. Amen. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Oh, let's sing it this morning. Yes, Lord. The name of Jesus, wonderful. Yes, all the world can come. All the world can come to Him to have their sins renewed. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful?
20 and 21, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you that we get to worship you today. Thank you that we get to honor you. Thank you that we get to set you again in our minds and in our hearts where you belong, which is in a place of, uh, of honor, preeminence, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to us today. Lord, as we gather together today, we just we want to remember some folks, uh, Ralph and Jenny Thomas and Pastor Bird and Gene Hawkins and Denise Guthrie, Aaron Vavakis, Michelle Botts, or just some folks that need your touch in their body. And I'm sure there are others here that uh, haven't been mentioned, but they really need your power. They need your might, God. They need uh, your work in their heart and their life and their physical bodies and, and just their situation. God, would you meet them today and do an incredible work in their life? We love you and we trust you with them. We pray blessing over them in an incredible way. And Lord, we'll say thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We're going to receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. And uh, appreciate your, fa your faithfulness in giving. And, uh, you know, the other day I was thinking, um, I, 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 was, uh, I was in a situation, like in a store or something. I forget exactly what it was. But I was maybe nicer than I would normally be. That sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. Um, but I, something happened and I was just, I was like ex extra nice. And I thought to myself, boy, Hans, you should be like this. All. And I knew it was because it's this time of year. And I thought, I should just be a little extra nice, you know. Um, but it, wouldn't it be incredible um, if we took the, the, the attitude and the heart of generosity that's kind of more common this time of year. And we just, we just said, this is how we're going to live as Christians. And uh, I, that's my prayer for me and, and, and my prayer for us, that, that generosity would continue to be something that's just, that's just how I live. And so, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to express our love for you, to, to reflect um, who you are inside of us. And I pray that you would bless this offering, these gifts, and I pray your kingdom uh, would be advanced in incredible ways. In Jesus' name, amen.
helping me out with the um, Delaware Head Start program. We're making good progress. Um, and we are wrapping today after church, so if you want to help, you're welcome. Thanks. All right. A few announcements here. Tonight is the Christmas banquet, Christmas dinner. Uh, you do not want to miss it. You, you had to sign up, though. And uh, so for those of you that did, last Sunday was the deadline. We're going to have a great time tonight. And uh, not only with food, but friends. And of course, our guest, Chewbacca Mom, who will be here tonight. Is she here now? Okay. Not like among us. I just kind of wonder if she's... She, she's in the air. She's flying as, as, we, uh, as we speak. But that is tonight. Um, also, Christmas Eve. Uh, how many grew up going to a Christmas Eve service anywhere? Like as a kid, you grew up. And uh, so you're going to have the opportunity this year, 7 p.m. Christmas Eve. Do not miss that opportunity. And then another opportunity you're going to have is something... Um, that, uh, that maybe we haven't done in a while or whatever it uh, might be, but uh, on New Year's Eve, that entire day, so the entire New Year's Eve day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., there'll be a chance for you to sign up uh, in the lobby for prayer that day. The building will be open for you just to come in and pray. We'll probably have some worship music going on, um, some, some uh, sheets of paper to kind of give you some instruction for prayer, prayer requests, prayer needs. But that'll be New Year's Eve day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. You want to you wanna fill that out. Maybe you want to go before work. Maybe you want to hit it at your lunchtime or on the way home. But make sure that as we come into this new year that you are a part of prayer. And then on December 30th, we're going to be having our, uh, our Praise Youth New Year event, and it's a chance for me, um, see, the, the great equalizer physically uh, is, uh, is laser tag, because I can blast some of these students and just, just nail them from a distance. I'm excited about that, but we got laser tag that night on the 30th. We're going to have Sky Zone. We're going to have New Year nachos, which are next level nachos. And we got a lot of things going on that night, December 30th. So if you have a middle school or high school student, it's from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. You do not want to miss that. And also make note of our Wednesday night, uh, the 22nd, the 29th. There'll be nothing happening here those evenings, okay? Uh, Pastor has a couple other announcements this morning. I just had an idea, Pastor Hans. A fundraiser for laser tag where the parents get to pay to take on their teenagers. Huh? That would be the great equalizer. Yeah, get back, get those. Anyways, just an idea. And it wasn't really for the fundraising. It was payback. All the parents go through. I'm ready to preach it right now. Anyways, um, as Pastor Hans said, we have a wonderful candlelight service every year. And out in the lobby, you probably didn't see these coming in, but we do have the invite cards. Grab a fistful of those. We have a lot of them. Hand them out. Invite someone to come. Invite them. They're not going to come if you don't invite them. And it's been, it's been stated that about 85% of people who, who would be invited would come if you would simply invite them. 
So uh, I want you to do that. Also, this morning, maybe someone invited you this morning, or this is your first, second, or third time here. Would you take that uh, Connect card out of the seat back in front of you, fill it out? We have some gifts on your way out. Turn it into the information booth. They'll give you a, a handy bag to take home with a couple mugs and uh, devotional and some other things that would be of value to you. I want you to do that. Um, boy, let's see. There is a lot of stuff. He covered... Pastor Hans did a great job, covered it Christmas Eve. Again, invite somebody that day of prayer. So looking forward to that. Something different than just a service. Feel free to come in. You'll be able to put them. We'd love to have it completely full. The calendar that day, uh, 15-minute slots, hour slots, whatever you can do. Come on in and, and pray for this crazy world that we live in and all that we're going through with COVID still circulating and all that. Um, we really do need God to intervene. We need to change. And, and that's not the only way to change this world, but the things that are going on in various countries, we talked about in young, in young adults life group this morning, the persecution that's ongoing in so many nations of the world against brothers and sisters of us. There, there are brothers and sisters, and they need our prayer. They need intercession. We need them to be set free. Amen. And then uh, one other thing this morning, I've got a video to show you just in a moment, but when you came in, you saw this on your seat. Or the seat next to you. It's it's that time again a year of the year again when we like to take an offering for the Fire Bible, and the Fire Bible is a handy tool translated in many many languages. More to be done, but it is simply a single volume study for pastors around the world, church leaders. It has, it's more than just a Bible. It's not a dollar store Bible. It's got all kinds of commentary. There are maps. There are, there, are, there are all kind of Pentecostal study notes for local pastors. And we still have countries of the world where pastors don't even have a complete Bible. And so for just $10, you can put one of those into the hands of a national leader or church pastor around the world somewhere. Um, and so what we're handing these out so that next week you will bring your offering in. Um, for Fire Bible. It's called Fire Bible because that's what the Chinese nicknamed them when we first gave them to the believers there. And, um, and again, circulating the globe. Well, anyways, let, let, let's show the video. As soon as the Fire Bible is translated in Creole, the whole population will be able to benefit, you know, the power that's in this Bible. We've been praying for this for a long time. After many years of prayer, it comes as a miracle. But the Word of God is the best miracle that we have. Many people do not have access to resources in their own heart language that teach them the truths of God's Word. The Fire Bible answers that problem. By the first time when I saw the Bible, that's, uh, my heart is beating so quickly. And then I couldn't a word because joy and happiness is in my full of in my heart. Soon, Fire Bible will be in Polish, and they will be able to read their Bibles with understanding and use it for the kingdom's sake. I really want our church people to understand Bible well. Church people will read Bible at home. Full life study will help them a lot. You are Fire Bible. Without you, none of this is possible. The Fire Bible, bringing the fire of God's Word to the human heart. 
So anyways, the idea of a Bible inventory is to look at your own home, because many Christians have Bibles. You probably have one that you really like more than the others, but you still have other. We tend to collect them. So this is a great tool. Go through your house, see how many Bibles you have. Um, I still have the same number I had last year, um, and so I just, I'll have a check ready next week for my Bibles. But maybe you've never done this. Or at least, how about buying one at least next week for another foreign national pastor, church leader? Um, now, you don't have to count all the versions on the U version, okay? Unless you want to give a thousand bucks, okay? Because I know they have to have at least a hundred different translations on the U version of the Bible on your, on your phone, on your app. Uh, but anyways, come prepared next week. That's our chance to give at this Christmas time, both next Sunday and the last Sunday of this year. At this time, we have the kids coming, a kids' choir presentation this year. And so are they ready? We're ready. Heather Walters is going to be directing them this morning.
looks forward to Christmas. Everyone looks forward to Everyone looks forward to Christmas. Everything seems to be bursting with joy. But sometimes we forget where our joy comes from. It's not the presents, it's not the lights, it's not even making special memories with family and friends. Christmas gives us joy beyond all that. Christmas is all about the Father's love for us. God sent his son, Jesus. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angels appeared in the sky, praising God with great joy. They had the greatest news to share with the shepherds. Jesus was born. Today we celebrate just like the angels, knowing that God is with us. Let heaven and nature sing, Jesus is here. That gives us the greatest joy of all. Can you imagine how it felt that night when Jesus arrived? After hundreds of years of waiting to hear from, the, from God, suddenly the Messiah was here. When Jesus was born, he changed history forever. There would never be another time when God would be silent or far away because Jesus had come. The gift of God's Son was given not because we deserve it, but because God loves us. So today, we can celebrate that amazing gift together, praising God for his love and faithfulness. From the little town of Bethlehem to our town today, God's glory is available to all. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the world should be taxed. The tax was first made when Quirius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone in his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, onto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished, and that she would deliver. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abating in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said upon them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to... And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at these things which the shepherd had told them. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. We can show the joy of Christmas in many different ways. Sometimes we sing, sometimes we dance, sometimes we do special things to serve others. But no matter what, we have lots of fun. Christmas is awesome. There are so many songs we sing at Christmas. Everyone loves them, but why should we do all the singing? It's Christmas. We sing because the Savior is born. So don't just sit there, sing along.
So we know God gives us joy because he loves us. We know that joy comes from Jesus, who was born to save us. We know that joy is a gift greater than anything else we could ever receive. But here's the best part. We can share the joy of Christmas with others. The whole world needs to know that Jesus was born to save them. But who will tell them? Sometimes it's hard to explain the joy we have in Jesus, but God gave each and every one of us to tell a story. That's why we're here. When we tell others the story of how Jesus saved us, we are God's most powerful messengers of the truth. This is good news. This Christmas, share your joy, not just through presents and traditions and special memories, but through the amazing love of Jesus. If you do, then you will spread joy to the world. One precious heart at a time. Merry Christmas!
Thank you, kids. That made this year a lot more special for us. It gave us a better Christmas. Thank you, guys. Now, really, we missed that last year. And um, you can see, just like everything else in church life and COVID life, it's going to take some time to get back to normal. Not a Sunday evening presentation as we usually do, but that was special and so much appreciated. Um, yeah. Where's, now, I don't know where Heather disappeared to. Oh, she's right here. We just want to give you something real quick. Say thank you. And it's coming your way here. Yeah, I didn't put any pressure on her this year at all. She was ready to do this and, and so glad that we had that. It was so great to see the little guys. Did you see Mary and Joseph? They were really proud new parents. Uh, they were smiling so much. It was I just certain things just kind of stand out to you. Hey, before I uh, introduce our speaker for this morning, and he's wondering, what am I going to say? Pastor Brandon's coming in a moment, but this is a very, very, very important announcement. Okay, please. Very important. As soon as the service is over this morning, we need help setting up for banquet mode. Okay, that means tables, chairs, and then we have some ladies who are going to do the decorating for tonight. But if you would, please don't take off, especially the guys, if you would help us set up tables, get chairs around them so they can do their job, get home, and to enjoy tonight. And, uh, and really, you know, it was, I, I heard Joy mention, you guys, are, I think she asked, are you there, you know, this morning, you're kind of quiet. It does get stressful this time of year. It just, there's so much to do. There's so much busyness. You're just tired. You're exhausted. And so I, I think besides Pastor Brandon's message this morning, I think tonight will kind of lighten it up a little bit because Candace Payne, Chewbacca mom, is hilarious. Um, she's just nonstop energy. And so I, I think you'll get a little boost tonight. Hope you'll come out. That's 530, by the way, 530. But again, Pastor Brandon, when you're done today, would you remind them to help set up tables? <laughs> Thanks. Otherwise, it's you, me, and Pastor Hans. Yeah, we don't want that. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you this morning. I hope I live up to all these expectations of lifting your spirits this morning. I don't know how quite to follow that, um, but I hope I do a good job. And I just said I hope. That is what I'm talking about this morning is hope. Um, we all, even if we're contemplating right now, we're thinking about it, we all hope for things. You may currently be hoping for something. And I want to give you a simple definition of hope this morning. This is, this is the definition of hope. It is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Can you turn this mic down just a little bit? It feels like it's, it's humming. Yeah, see, I saw the, it got knocked down like as soon as Mary and Joseph came out. I saw it. Oh, pastor was talking, did you see that? Mary had the baby on her back. I think she was trying to conceal it. That looked great. I thought that. <laughs> a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. We all have hopes and desires. When we were children, our, our hopes were simpler, weren't they? Here's just a few. You hoped that the next day was going to be a snow day. Who didn't? You, you may be adults hoping for a snow day too, I know. We hoped we had no homework for the weekend. You, you young people can amen this all you want. If, this, if these were your things, we hoped we could go outside and play with our friends after our chores were done. I don't even know if chores are a thing anymore. 
I cleaned like two bathrooms yesterday and I got three kids. There's something wrong with that picture. And I don't normally do it, but I'm trying to help Lynn, who is working crazy hours, I'm trying to be the good guy, the good father. So we hoped as children for certain gifts for Christmas. There are children in your home right now who are anticipating Christmas because they are hoping they're getting what they asked for. Maybe even as children, your experience was different than this. And maybe as a child, you hoped your parents would stay together. You hoped you had food to eat. And maybe you just hoped that your mom's diagnosis of cancer would go away and she would feel better. These are real and realities we don't like to think, think about, but many of us today can say that we've gone through some of these things. As we've grown, hopefully our, our not that these, any of these, maybe as the children, some of the things, snow day, whatever, you know, very self-centered, maybe as adults, our, our, our hopes begin to change. And we, we hope that we can make a decent living. We hope we can provide for our families. We hope our son or daughter graduates high school. You know, these are real things. We hope that we give our children a better life than we had. These are, these are real examples of what we might go through as adults. And I can tell you this, and I think you would agree, that the one thing consistent about hope is it's a roller coaster ride. Because in one afternoon, we can go from hopeful to hopeless. And you're going to have to help me out here today. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Anybody watch the stock market? I never did until recently, and I started investing. And that'll send you reeling real quick. You know, should I buy? Should I sell? You know, you're, you're seeing these numbers. It's a long game. I understand that. And you just got to let it ride. And then you, you hear about things, inflation, and all of these things coming, and, and stocks take a dive. You ever watch the evening news? It's doomsday right now. If you watch the news, it is doomsday. I hated, as a kid, whatever song they play at the beginning of the news at night, the 11 o'clock news. If I was awake and I heard that news, I didn't want to hear it because I knew it was going to be front-loaded with all the bad things that happened that day. And so you hear, what is it, ABC? Dun, 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 dun. Nope, right to bed. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what they have to say. Now as an adult, I find I still hate the evening news because it is front-loaded with, with tragedies and, and, and death and things that happen in cities. There's fires burning, all of these things. And we're better off just shutting that off because that can send your hopes diving really quick. And the truth is, when I speak about hope and the things that we desire, the earthly things we desire, our hope, really is surrounded by uncertainty, isn't it? We have no real control over what we're hoping for or hoping in. And there are no guarantees, and it really is completely out of our hands. But we hope. We know it's possible, but we hope. And I would dare say that our earthly hope often is placed in things or people, and when we do that, we are going to be left disappointed. We don't like to believe that we're letting somebody down. Somebody's depending on you and hoping that you will and you don't follow through. And we, we base it on the wrong things. This morning, obviously, you know that Jesus is our hope. 
At the time of Christ's birth, Israel, the Israelites, had lost hope. Now, at one time, they were a strong, powerful nation. You know this. They were God's chosen people. And through Abraham and through Moses, covenants came to the Israelite people. They were led by the great King David. And after him, his son Solomon built them a beautiful temple. And they were, uh, th this, was, this was a great time for Israel. But at this point, at Christ's birth, that was a thousand years ago. And they began, as you know, through, through the ages of the Israelites, they became disobedient and not living and, and, and following the ways of God. And they would see this very temple that Solomon built destroyed, burned. And although they would see somewhat of a revival when they were, you know, they were in exile, they were allowed to come back and rebuild the temple, but it paled in comparison to what Solomon had built. And over this time and, and through the ages, they would have different rulers over them. And at the time that Jesus came, you know this, the Romans were in charge. And that didn't go very well. The Romans were very strict. And these Jews still desired to be free, but they understood that under Roman rule, that was impossible. And many of them, you know, in the different ways they began to scatter, began to follow the Greeks' philosophy and worship false gods through the Greeks. Um, and they would eventually see divisions, many divisions, among themselves, which I can't say is unlike our country today. We see many divisions, and we need to come together. At this time, there were Sadducees who were Jews, there were Pharisees that were Jews, but they saw things very differently than God-fearing Jews. And they, these folks sought power, and they wanted to please the Romans and do whatever they can to attain the power. But there were, however, still God-fearing Jews who wanted to know God and to please God and know him more. They knew the books by the prophets. They knew what was written about a, a redeemer, about a savior, about a messiah. They knew the Psalms that David wrote, and they believed that God would send a Messiah. They knew he would be a good king and would rule over them well. And they desired and they hoped for this king to come. And they lived with an expectation of his arrival, but they had waited a very long time. Anybody waited a long time for something you were hoping for? Praise the Lord. I think that we all go through these things. For Israel, there had not been a prophet. It all ceased for 400 years. So imagine that. You're, you're waiting for something, and now there's no discussion about it. There's nothing coming to you that is, that is building you up in, in, in the belief. And they probably thought, as maybe many of you have gotten to, God has forgotten all about me. I'm not hearing anymore. I'm not, I, I'm not sensing him anymore. Have you been there? Would you be honest with me this morning? Have you been there? We all have. And their hopes and their expectations for this Messiah, understandably, began to just wear away, and they had lost hope. But I want to tell you today, hope was born. Hope was born in Jesus Christ. I wonder today if anybody, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, you, you've helped, you felt hopeless. There's a situation that has just become out of your control. You may say, Brandon, are you just talking about since 8 o'clock this morning? Because you have already felt some point of hopelessness today. You know, many times when we're dealing with family and kids and and uh, job situations, all of these things that 
we really have no sense of control over, and we lose hope. See if any of these phrases are familiar. We talk about holding on to a glimmer of hope. You heard that? We hold on to a glimmer of hope. How about this? We're waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel. We've all been there. There's a, a famous quote by Robert Lowell. I don't even really know who he is, but this is his quote. The light at the end of the tunnel is just the front of an oncoming train. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that before, but can you identify with that? You know, you, you just got through a crisis. You, you just came through something so that, that just took the wind out of your sails, and you're finally getting through it, and there's that light at the end of the tunnel, and you realize, no, that's just the next challenge, that's the next battle that is coming. And here's another phrase we like to use. When it rains, it pours, right? It poured last night. Anybody hear that? And when we think of the things in life, and we just feel like we're, we're drowning, you know, one thing after another, and we're trying, to, we're trying to be hopeful here, but just things keep coming. I want to tell you today and encourage you that ho your hope was born in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but I want you to listen to what David said in Psalms 39, 6 through 7. He said, we are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends to nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. We, we run, we do, we, we think we're doing all of these things, we're putting our hope in the wrong things. Our only hope, your only hope, is in Jesus today. Hallelujah. He is the only one who can satisfy. And as just as was prophesied 700 years earlier, all that these Israelites had heard about a Messiah came in the form of a baby in a manger. Maybe not the way they thought. They, I don't know if they even had an idea of what they thought it would be like. But Christ came to fulfill in that moment all that was prophesied about that coming Redeemer. And their glimmer of hope was renewed. And when Jesus came, he not only offered these Jews who were waiting for Messiah redemption. Matthew 12, 21 says this, And in his name he will be the hope of all the world. All the world. Hallelujah. Today, I, you know, I... I've not been preaching a very long time, five years or so, you know, and so I've never used this form, and I'm going to go for it, an acrostic. Do you know what that is? It's where we take the, each letter of the word and we make something out of it. I'm not trying to be overly creative this morning. I may not seem that way, but I want to take the word hope, and I want to give you something that when Jesus, when your hope is in the Lord, these are things that I believe Jesus brings to my life, and I trust that he brings this to your life as well. So H, happiness. The hope in Jesus Christ, when he came, he brought happiness. Proverbs 10, 28 says this, the hopes of the godly will result in happiness. We have it right there. But the expectations of the wicked come to nothing. But I want to understand this morning, I want you to understand this morning that not our mere uh, definition of how we define happiness because I can tell you this, I really want to talk about joy, but it started with J and I couldn't go with joy. So I wanted to lead into it with happiness this morning. The joy that we have in the Lord cannot be shaken. That doesn't say that we're not going to have times. You know, when I say it's a roller coaster, hope can be that up and down, that ebb and flow. 
I want to tell you, that's us. Because there is a steady, constant thing, trust that we can have that Jesus Christ is our hope. And yeah, we'll go up and we'll go down and we're not going to sense it and we don't feel it, but that doesn't make it any less true. That true joy is going to be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I love that the kids, you know, they, they kind of sang and, and even read some of the things that I'm going to read this morning. Uh, but I do want to point, uh, the, the one scripture I want to take from the Christ's uh, birth is Luke 2. And I want to focus on verses 38, or I'm sorry, 8 and 11, through 11. It said, that night the shepherds were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. We read a little bit later in this chapter that Simeon is a, was a godly man, full of the Spirit, and was waiting for this Messiah. He pleaded with the Lord, Lord, let me live long enough to see this. And in that moment, it says when, when Jesus was taken into the temple on the eighth day, Simeon took the boy and praised God because all that he had asked had been shown to him. He saw this Messiah. I want to tell you that God-fearing Jews in that day, they didn't see this and just think, oh, isn't that nice? And they didn't put on a happy smile. They were joyful the Bible says he brought great joy, and I want to expound on that. He brought exuberant joy, everlasting joy, undeniable joy. That's what Jesus, I hope he brings to you, but that's what he brings to me this morning. Hallelujah. And I want to say that joy and this joy that we can have, it needs to be synonymous with the Christian walk that we have. We as believers, our demeanor and our attitude towards other people, whether they know it or not, should exude joy that Jesus has put in our lives. And so I want to say this, we can't walk around this Christmas season, no matter how stressful, no matter how burdened, looking like we just sucked on a lemon. <laughs> right? And I want to say we need to unclench our fists. There's so much, there's so much animosity. We need to, as believers today, unclench our fists. Maybe our jaw and let it smile a little bit instead of hardening and, and, and not looking approachable to somebody. These kids sang this morning, Joy to the World, and they can't do any wrong. You know, they're singing different verses up here over top of other verses. Who cares? They're singing about joy, and that's all they know. And as a child of God with Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you, you have a reason to be rejoiceful this morning. For all that Christ has done. Isaiah 51.11 says this. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. And they will enter Jerusalem singing crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear. And they will be filled with joy and gladness. It doesn't just say they're going to be given joy and gladness. They will be filled. And I believe that that's what Jesus does for each one of us. And again, if we're looking for people uh, or things in our lives to bring us that kind of joy, we are going to left, be left short and not fulfilled and disappointed this morning. If you heard uh, the video that we watched on Fire Bible, the, the gentleman said when he received his Bible, he was filled with joy. 
And I wonder, Lord, when is the last time that I went to your word because I'm seeking and, and I'm studying, but I felt joyful that I had that word of God in my hands. To think that I have enough Bibles, as, as we're doing with Fire, Fire Bible, that I actually have enough that I need to count them up in order to decide how much I'm going to give. That is a luxury that we take for granted this morning. And to think that they are going to, we've shown the video, I probably showed it on a Wednesday night, where a group of Asian people are, are receiving these Bibles, and they're, they're just tearing through the suitcase that these Bibles came in, and then they sit there, then they get quiet, and they cry. And I don't want to lose, as I take my Christian walk, the joy of the Lord that has been given to me. I don't want to lose the wonder of Jesus Christ in my life, and I want to stay true to that as I walk. Hope in Jesus brings happiness. More importantly, it brings joy. Hallelujah. Oh, it brings optimism. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Jeremiah, you know this verse, these verses well. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God has a hope and a future for each one of us. If we will seek him, if we will look to him. Again, these may be rhetorical. Are you a pessimist or an optimist? Optimist? Oh, you don't have to answer, because I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't think anybody's going to say I'm a pessimist, you know. But, so, but many of us are. Many of us look at situations, we tend to worry again, stock market, man oh man, I can be, I, I try not to even think about it. I'm not this huge investor, believe me. Uh, but I know some of, some of you are, and, and uh, you, you look at these things every day. It's kind of like for me, I, I'm attempting to lose weight, I am down 15 pounds in, in the time that I've tried. It, it shows, doesn't it? It shows, <laughs> these guys. Oh, my goodness. But getting on the scale every day doesn't do me a lot of good. And then the days, I, I've talked about this with Pastor, I eat a lot and I think, oh, I don't even want to get on there. And I lost a pound. And then I barely ate anything. I'm eating kale salad from Chick-fil-A. Who eats kale salad from Chick-fil-A? And I gain a pound. So there's no science, uh, there's science to it. I'm not aware of it. But it is frustrating nonetheless. And uh, so every day, it's, and it's like the stock market. You watch it every day, and you can't do that. With, with, well, I'll tell you what's frustrating is to go a week, and I waited all week to weigh myself, and I barely lost anything. Or if not, I gained a pound. I know there's water weight. I understand all these things. I'm drinking too much soda. I know. Um, but I want to be optimistic about things in life. I don't want to... Uh, think the worst, and many of us do, do that. I, I, I find myself doing that. I want to say I'm an optimist, but there are times of pessimism. Romans 8, I love these verses. Listen to what it says. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom and death from death and decay. 
For we all know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we were already had something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. He is our future. And I want to tell you and encourage you now that what you're going through right now, it does not compare to the glory that we will see when we meet Jesus. When fulfillment comes and we are together with him in future glory, we only have a foretaste, as, as the scripture says now, of what that will be like. And thank God for the Holy Spirit that we have that. But it says we must wait patiently and confidently. Hallelujah. Our future is in him. And we can live with optimism if our future is in Christ Jesus. I want to share quickly with you this morning that Pastor Hans mentioned many people we're praying for. And we're praying for a young girl who things had seemed not very good. And Carol's here this morning, and I'm sorry to share this with you here, Carol, but this is Carol's daughter, Jill, who I've known for years. And she's been on a ventilator now for three weeks. She's had COVID pneumonia. I'm getting updates continually uh, from her husband, Kevin, and, and from Carol as well. And I'm encouraged by their faith. I'm encouraged by their outlook. And, and, and I can't even pretend to imagine, but I want to read you something. I'm going to paraphrase something Kevin wrote me the other day as he's, as he's praying for his wife and, and every, he updates, I'm telling you, every day. And it's a text a mile long and I love to read them. But I can tell you there's not always good days. There's, there's status quo days. There's bad days. And then there's good days. And any glimmer of hope he has, and I would say Carol, they, they hold to them. Because you can come become pessimistic really quickly. And Kevin, as he, as he gave this update, he, it was a good day. And this is very recently. And she, praise God, is being stepped down from ICU. And we're just praying and continuing and believing that God is going to heal her. But Kevin said, you know, yesterday wasn't a good day, and today is a good day, obviously. He said, but I had to remind myself that God isn't just good because today he did what I wanted him to. God was good yesterday when things didn't seem so good, and he'll be good tomorrow because that is his nature. I want to tell you today, we have a future hope in God. And again, our joy should not be uh, looked at from our earthly eyes. But as we look to Jesus Christ, he is our hope and he is our optimism, my optimism today. For P, I put promise. He is our promise. Scripture tells us in Romans 15, the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. And when Christ came from birth to his death, Pastor just talked about this on Wednesday nights, if you've been with us. Jesus fulfilled all Old Testament scripture about himself. All of it. Every one of them. He fulfilled in his life. 
He was the great redeemer we read about in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis. He was, as we've read a little bit of Isaiah, the one who would come from a virgin and would rule and reign. And he continues to fulfill the promises of God, and we will still yet see more promises when Christ comes back for, for his return. Jesus brings and he brought assurances for us of salvation, peace, love, and comfort, and countless number of, of, of promises that, that Jesus left us with. I, I, I like to point this out a lot, is conditional in some sense, that if, if we will, if you will, then I will. Jesus will. And none greater I find than in John 14 where he says, if you love me and obey my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives within you now and later will be in you. We have a great promise in the Holy Spirit. You've no doubt, Pastor, I'm going to use one of your words. Maybe this will make you proud. Paraclete. You've used this ter term time and time again. This is from the Greek, and it's speaking about the Holy Spirit as one who comes alongside. We get, we get a great picture of what that meaning is. Years ago, uh, I was probably 14 years old, so it's going quite a ways back. And um, uh, uh, I may have shared this, but a, a gentleman in our church at the time, my father was pastoring a church, a gentleman in that church who was wealthy invited his, not only taking his four in his family, but my six in my family to go to Israel with them. And I'd like to say I, I gathered all kinds of wisdom and knowledge. We were just, I was a 14-year-old kid. I just, I was like, another church? We got to go in another church? You know, all these things. But something that we were very fortunate that doesn't always happen, but we had, not only were we on a tour bus, we were on a little bus that just held the 10 of us. And we had our own guide, our own driver, our own guide, and he would answer whatever questions we had. He would bring us and explain everything to us as we, as we went. He guided us, uh, he explained, he showed us. And I want to say that that in some form was a paraclete. But I want to tell you, it's nothing compared to what the Holy Spirit can do if we will walk with him. He will show us, he will guide us into all things, giving us understanding as only he can. What a wonderful promise. Can you say thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit today? Hallelujah. We walk in confidence as we trust in the promises of the Lord. So we have happiness, optimism, promise, and finally, E, expectation. Just as these Israelites lived with expectation, we too need to live in expectation. You know, we, we think of uh, Sam Smith and Jenny just had their baby. And I can't imagine, I can, I remember, but it kind of wanes as the years go on of what that excitement was like. The anticipation of this child coming. You knew it was coming, you just, you, you couldn't wait for it. Maybe many of you this, this holiday, this Christmas, have family coming in that you haven't seen. And you are expecting, 
you are expectant of them coming home. Uh, maybe it's, again, these military videos where you see people coming home. These kids or these parents have been anticipating this reunion. And I want to tell you today, there is a reunion coming that we call the blessed hope. And I want to read these scriptures to you this morning. First Peter 1 says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. For we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and, of change and decay. And through the faith, God is protecting, us, his pow, uh, protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In uh, Assemblies of God, this is one of our 16 fundament fundamentals. It is called the Blessed Hope. And their definition is the resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in Christ and their translation together with those who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord is the imminent and blessed hope of the church. One more verse on that is 1 Thessalonians 4. It says this, We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of the Lord, of God. First, the believers who have died will raise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will be with the Lord forever. I want to tell you all those hopes and desires will be fulfilled in that moment. We will know joy like we have never known. We will know a God who, like we have never known him on this earth. And we will be blessed to be in his presence forever, the Bible says. Hallelujah. He is our blessed hope. Two Wednesday nights ago in our Bible study, I want to encourage you uh, to come out to Bible study. We're right now covering these fundamentals, and, and it gets broken down much more than just a, you know, a word and a definition, but really in-depth, and I, I want to encourage you in that. But two Wednesday nights ago, Pastor Hans was teaching the, the class that night, and we were looking at the names of God that describe his nature and his character. And, and we've heard these, El Shaddai, we've heard all of these names that we've heard of God, and they're not nicknames for God, they just tell of his character. And one that really stuck out to me was El Roi. And this comes from Genesis 16, when Hagar is speaking to God, and she becomes pregnant after she wasn't able to. And she said, you are El Roi, the God who sees me. And I want to tell you today that God knows just who you are. He knows right where you are today. He knows of the concerns on your heart, and he wants to make himself known to you today. Would you trust in him today? I don't know what you're hoping for, but more importantly, I don't know who you're hoping in for. But look to God, El Roi, the God that sees you today. The Bible says in Psalms 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. We don't need to be on that roller coaster any longer going up and down. We can stay steady and walk with the Lord, and we have a blessed assurance in Jesus Christ. 
He is our guaranteed hope today. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand together and simply sing this with me if you know it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Now sing it. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. My hope is that your hope is in the Lord today. Our blessed assurance. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for in that moment that Jesus Christ came. He fulfilled prophecy about a Redeemer that today we benefit from that Redeemer in such a great and powerful way. Lord, I don't know each person here today. I don't know every circumstance, even if I do know them. I don't know of every circumstance of life. But God, you do. You see, Lord, you know. And God, I'm asking that this day, right now, sustain us by the hope that we have in you, God. May we not look to another or to another thing or place, God, but to you alone. And God, as we, as we walk through our life, as we walk through not only the rest of this year, but we anticipate with great expectation the new year to come and for all that you have for us, Lord God. Lord, I want to live expecting that you could come this day, this very day. And I want to live for you, God. And I pray that that is each person's attitude and, and responsibility, Lord, to live a life following after you, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to hear wonderful children this morning sing from their innocent hearts, Lord, joy to the world. God, thank you for that message. Thank you for the joy that you bring. And Father, we count it a blessing and a privilege to know you, God. And Lord, we want to know you more. We want to know you more. I pray that you'd walk with us now, God, as we go our separate ways. Lord, I pray that tonight we would have a great time of just fellowship, uh, Lord, something we hadn't been able to do last year, God. It's been two years. Lord, I pray that we enjoy one another tonight and we, we just have a great time. You bless the speaker tonight and all things, Lord God. I pray that you go with us today. Lord, just be blessed and be honored in Jesus' name. Amen.